0: If you do live in the North Toronto area and are looking for a local church, we invite you to join us at one of our Sunday morning gatherings. Our desire is that God would use this to encourage you with the hope we have in Jesus. All right, we are going to be in Luke chapter 2. Again, we are continuing in our, our series called A Beautiful Narrative, and the title of today's message is The Journey the journey. And I remember in November, 1990, when I, me and my sister took our journey from St. Thomas, Jamaica, to Canada, to Toronto. And I remember being nervous on that journey. I remember being in the car, leaving the only place we had ever known, the only place that we really felt comfortable and heading towards the airport and being nervous. And that's because there are so many things that I, I just didn't know how to do or what to do. I didn't, know what you do what you did when you got to the airport where do you where do you go i'd never been before where do you where do you check in i didn't know what you're supposed to do when you got on the plane like where where's how do you go to the bathroom i had all of those questions i didn't even know what you what do what do we do when we get to canada but the thing i remember always is that is the is the flight attendant that was assigned to us because we were traveling alone she was she was assigned to us she was our guide on that trip and she really really helped to calm our nerves and the same way I took that journey with my sister years ago to come to this country the Christian is on a journey we are on our our way somewhere and our destination our final destination is heaven eternal life with our father and we're going to get there and for this journey our guide is Jesus Christ. On our journey, we, what we do is we follow the example that is set by our King. And when we do that, the journey is joyful, even if it's not always easy. And we're going to look at verses 39 to 52, but let's pray before we do that. Father, we uh, pray that our faith would increase by hearing your word lord you say that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of christ and so i pray that we would hear you lord through through me would you would you speak to our church god thank you for our church thank you for bringing uh, us together as as a family a community of faith and lord even though we are apart right now i pray our love for one another would be getting deeper our commitment to one another would only grow our willingness lord god to serve our community on our neighbor, na- and our neighbors would be on our hearts and we would take steps to do that and and loving and caring for one another to through practical acts of uh, kindness and hospitality would we do that for one another and i pray lord god that your word like i prayed before would increase our faith that we it would cause us to delight in you and love you even more we pray in jesus name Amen. Amen. Verse 39 says, And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own town. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. And so last week we talked about how the, the parents of Jesus, they presented them at the temple. And so that's all done. And Luke says, Now they had home. And, and that Jesus grew, that he became strong, that, that he was filled with wisdom. Luke is talking here just of the normal development of, of Jesus. And it says, now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to the custom. So they go home, but Luke says they 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 regularly went up to celebrate the Passover, the Old Testament law required that the that adult males attend three feasts a year. Deuteronomy 16 verse 16 says, "All your males are to appear three times a year before the Lord your God in the place he chooses, at the festival of unleavened bread, the festival of weeks, and the festival of shelters. No one is to appear before the Lord empty handed. So this was something they were supposed to do. The feast of the Passover was this celebration remembering God's rescue of his people when they were in slavery to Israel. But again, only males were required to go. But notice that Luke says they went up. He Mary goes with them. She goes anyway, though it's not required. Again, we talked last week about how the about the the obedience of the parents of Jesus, and we see here again their commitment to o- obedience. But Mary is not just committed to, uh, to, to a minimal amount of obedience. She doesn't want to just do just enough. She's willing to go above and beyond. My first job, I, I, I think I've shared this before, my first job in Canada was at a Wendy's, and I was a terrible employee. My manager Aunt Angela I I know I frustrated her to no end because I was the employee that did the minimum I did just enough to make sure that you they could not fire me and and it, and it, it frustrated her and, and part of the reason why they probably didn't let me go was my aunt was the other manager on our journey the temptation to do the minimum in lots of things will always be there. But let's not ever settle for just doing the minimum. Think about your physical physical health and exercise. Don't just do the minimum. Do more than enough to keep yourself in good shape and healthy. If you're running your own business, don't just do the minimum. If you want it to excel, if you want it to be a thriving business, go above and beyond maybe you're caring for somebody in your life who's ill you know they're sick maybe you're struggling through a mental mental health challenge or there's a physical Disability. Don't just do the minimum in caring for them. Go above and beyond. Maybe you're an employee. Lots of us are employees, not maybe. But don't be that employee. Don't be like me back there, that old employee who just did the minimum. Go above and beyond in your friendships. If you want them to be strong, go above and beyond. Maybe it's politics. When we're in that season and and it's time to vote, don't don't just do the minimum. Get to know the candidates. Get to know the issues, what their platforms are, so that you and I, that we can vote in an informed way. Resting. Don't just do the minimum. Do more than enough to get the, the rest that you need in church life. I know we can't gather right now, but when we can gather and get back together, don't just do the minimum, don't just come and then leave be there, invest yourself settle in, make it home, in your ministry may, I know a lot of us we are, are support raising in, in order to do our the ministry that God has called you to and gifted you to do, don't just do the minimum, go above and beyond so you can be out there in the field spreading the gospel maybe you're in a relationship you're dating someone don't just do the minimum if you want the relationship to be good and beautiful and special put the effort in go above and beyond in your parenting and your grandparenting don't just don't just simply settle for the minimum if you want to really lead and shepherd your kids uh, towards Christ and help them to be productive citizens go above and Beyond, Maybe God is calling you to, in an, to a, a, a specific area of obedience. Just don't, Mary shows us, don't do the minimum. Go above and beyond. I was talking to Selena, Luca, about the, the sermon uh, this week in a, in a little group uh, that we have. And she, she made this really important point. She said that don't just think about the outward obedience if God's calling you to obey in some way. All, make sure that the, there's, there's an, an inward desire to do that thing as well. That our hearts, I'm just paraphrasing her, but our hearts are, are just as important as the action. That inward obedience is just as important as outward obedience. Verse 43 says And when the feast was ended, they were returning, the, and they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey, but then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. They go home, but Luke says Jesus stayed. He stayed behind. Now, this journey that they took, it was always done in groups and that and that community, in that culture, that that group would have been like an extended family. would have, it would have that's the feel of it. And so it's normal that they thought Jesus was there with either some family or or friends, but he's not. They can't find him, so they go back. It says verse forty six after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking questions. Jesus is doing, three things he's sitting that's the the posture of a disciple he is there ready to learn he is listening there there's he he's trying to take it all in and then he's asking questions this Q&A this back and forth style is actually the way the, the rabbis taught in that culture and what Luke is doing here is he's showing even as a young child Jesus's devotion to learning he's soaking it all in up. This is part of his development. Now, you may hear me say that and you wonder, well, if Jesus is God, why did he have to learn? Did, didn't he already know everything? My my boy, Steve Rosema, he wrote this. He said, Jesus, the, div- the divine Son, is perfect, unchanging, fullness of wisdom, in complete and unbound favor with the Father as the perfect, beloved Son. But as the Word made flesh, our incarnate Messiah. That, that word Messiah so important. The, the Christian and the, the non-Christian needs to hear that. Jesus is our Messiah. He's our Savior. The one who comes, who lives for us, who dies in our place on the cross, who has been resurrected and who will come again to, to take us to be with God for all eternity. Our Messiah, the Savior that we need. That is who... Jesus is. He grows in wisdom and favor with God and man. This is important. According, here it is, to his humanity. His humanity. That's what we see here in verse 46. The humanity of Christ. Jesus, he is the the God man. And we must remember when we think about him, his humanity while maintaining his Divinity. He is the most unique person in all of history, and his life changed all of history. It changed the world. And as a young boy, Jesus put in the work to learn about the Lord, and he sets a good example for us. He shows us that on our journey, we can seek to know the Lord better. We can seek to know the Lord better. And doing this, it requires time, time in the word, studying theology, looking into ethics and, and and just digging deeper into those things. Now some of us you hear me say that and it excites you. It excites you because you love theology, you love, looking into these things, you love reading books, you you love your Bible reading plan, and that is all good. Do it. Do it. But remember, remember this, that all our learning has to turn into living. All our learning has to turn into living. We seek to know the Lord better so that we can love better. We seek to know the Lord better so that we can love better better and I know that as I say that that yogi is somewhere right now and he's saying amen amen we seek we seek to know the Lord better so that we can love better and so some of us hear that point and it excites us some of us hear that point and it intimidates us it intimidates us because we don't wake up thinking about the next systematic theology that we're going to buy reading is hard for us it's a struggle and my word to you is be creative. Be creative as you seek to learn more about the Lord. Listen to audiobooks. If there's a part of scripture that's hard for you, listen through. I do that all the time. There's some spots that are just it's just it's a struggle for me and so I just listen through, but I listen through, but I slow down and make sure I'm taking in what is actually Being said, if you're a visual learner, check out the Bible Project. There's amazing videos that help us. They show themes of of books of the Bible, how they fit together, how do we see and find Christ as we read and go along. So be creative. Also, be engaged. Be engaged. We offer in our church workshops, this equipping that we're wanting to do. Plug into those things. If you're not in a group join a hope group learn in community pastor Dennis is going to be leading the the Wednesday night Bible study that we're starting as a church go to that it will help you learn more about the Lord as you learn how to handle the word maybe ask somebody to mentor and disciple you like Jesus meet with them dialogue ask questions go back and forth when we do these things We are following the example that is set by our King. Verse 47 says, And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. The the people who hear Jesus in in the temple are blown away. Jesus is learning for sure, but he's also teaching. And what we see here is that the older generation learning from the younger generation. We never get to a spot on our journey with the Lord where we cannot learn something from the younger generation. We're never in that place. And if we ever start to think that way, that that we can't learn from somebody younger than us, we need to be aware that we're in a place of pride and not a place of humility. We can always learn from those who are younger than us and we need to listen and be willing to learn the things that come out of the mouth of Jesus they're wise they're deep and and we benefit we benefit from the things that he says when we follow what he says in Luke 6 Jesus says why do you call me Lord Lord and not do what I tell you everyone who comes to me and hears my word and does them I will show you what he is like he is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the floods rose and the stream broke against the house, that house, and it could not shake it because it had been well built. But watch this. But the one who hears and does not do them, the one who hears the word, hears what Jesus says and ignores him, he is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. The ruin of it was great. We are being wise when we listen to Jesus. We are building our life on a sure foundation. We are getting ourselves ready for the storms that are guaranteed to come on the journey. Verse 48 says, And when his parents saw him, They were astonished. And his mother said to him, Why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. The phrase great distress uh, in the Greek uh, means to experience mental anguish and pain. This was a terrifying experience for Mary and Joseph. I remember being at Ripley's Aquarium with with Kim and the boys, and 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 for a, a minute, we I just lost Riv. Yeah, you know, I don't know if you've ever been there. It's just it's just a big fish tank, and but it's it's dark. There's some real dark spots in there, and he just he just wandered off, and it just, I just couldn't find him. And I just remember the fear and the and the worry of did somebody just walk off with him? Is he okay? Are we even going to find him? There was tons of people. There and I just I remember looking and then eventually seeing him and he's just standing by by one of the, one of the tanks and, and there's just sharks swimming behind him and he's just smiling you know the, the kind of the way, Riv does and I remember at that, that moment feeling two things, joy and frustration. I I'm Just so happy to see him like thank God we didn't lose him somebody didn't walk him off but at the same time being like Riv what are you doing? It's this joy? and frustration this 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 dual feeling and that's what's going on here with mary and joseph they're glad to see their son but they're frustrated with him verse 49 says and he said to them why are you why were you looking for me did you not know i must be in my father's house and they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them he's like he they asked him a question like how did you treat us like this and he's like he asked them a question, like, didn't you know? Didn't you know this is where I would be? He he expected them to know where he was, but they didn't. That's because they don't have a full understanding of their son. They don't understand him, but Jesus, he knows who he is and the mission that he has been sent on. He notice he calls God his father. No, no one ever did that. No one ever spoke that way Jesus says he's like, I am the son of God he's the son of God come to save and rescue you and me and all of all of his priorities flowed from that reality all of his priorities flowed from that he would he knew from a young age that he was called to do his father's work and because that was a priority that his the, the priorities of his earthly family came second he says i must be that statement that that phrase jesus he uses it multiple times in the gospel of luke listen to how he uses it in luke 9 he says the son of man must suffer it's the same phrase it was it some translate puts it it was necessary he says the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And then later in Luke 9, verse 51 to 52, says, when the day drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. Jesus had a mission that he fully, he understood it. He says this must happen, and he didn't shy away from fulfilling that Mission. It says that he set his face to go to Jerusalem. He took that journey and gave up everything when he died in our place so that we could gain everything. He gave up everything so we could gain everything, so we could gain gain forgiveness. Maybe you're not a Christian and you're wondering, can I be forgiven for the sins that I've committed? Can I be forgiven for the life that I live? The answer is yes. You may have to live with the consequences from the, some of those sinful actions, but you can be forgiven and experience grace if you trust in Christ and believe the gospel. He gives, we gain everything when we trust in him. Forgiveness Reconciliation, freedom. Maybe you're wondering, can I be freed from this sinful habit, this pattern that I just keep going back to over and over and over? The answer is yes. As you trust in Christ, we gain freedom. We get we gain access to grace. We we are invited and welcomed into the spiritual family of God. And this family, it's not perfect, it's messy sometimes, but when it's working, when it's doing and we're behaving and treating one another the way that we're supposed to. When we're obeying the law of love, it's beautiful. It 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 really glorifies God and it shines a light. And we gain hope. We're on this journey because He took that journey. And like Him, on our journey, we will experience relational tension. We'll experience relational Tension like Jesus, like Jesus who, who put God first. When we put God first in our life, the people who are around us won't always understand what we do. The decisions that we make, the life that we live, the choices that we make will seem strange to them, won't make sense to them. Daryl Box says the Jesus' attitude about his walk with God, his call to serve him and his pursuit of intimacy pictures how all of us should prioritize our lives before God. Sometimes we have to make choices that others don't understand. For God has called us to set priorities that differ from the people who go through life without any reference to Him. We have different priorities. We're going about things in a different way. Sometimes our choices will be difficult, as we are perhaps not not where others would like us to be tensions between secular commitments and making time for ministry may lead some to misunderstand why we do what we do this comes with the territory of a walk with god it comes with the territory this is this relational tension that we experience it's part of the cost but here's the thing when the tension increases with the people in your life do not compromise do not Compromise. Stick to your convictions. Keep God first. Make Him priority number one. Make His priorities your priorities. Because when we do that, when we do what He has called us to do, we will never lose on the journey and we will experience joy. And there's another way that this applies and it applies in the area of evangelism something that a lot of us are excited about doing and we're called to do but we need to know that when we're telling people to trust in jesus christ we need to be honest with them about the cost we need to make sure that we're we are fully informing them of what they're what we're asking or um, encouraging them to do, to trust in Christ. But we need to know, tell them, there is a cost. You're going to experience relational tension. Your priorities are going to change. Your life is going to change. So the things you're going to do, it's going to be different. And the people who are around you, they won't understand that. We need to be honest. We need to be open about what it truly means to follow Jesus Christ, that there is a cost so that we help people make informed decisions. Verse 51 says, And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. We have a humble Savior. He was submissive to them, the text says. You can see it right there in verse 51. And he went down with them and was submissive. He what you have here is the Creator submitting to His creation. See, making them didn't stop Him from obeying them. He sets a good example for us. Again, on our journey, we humbly submit to authority. We are called to submit to authority. Kalen Joseph said this as I was talking to him this week about the message. He said, submission is not a bad thing. If God calls you to submit he designed it for your good, here it is, and for his glory. That's my boy right there. It's, it's designed for your good and his glory. Preach, bro. Jesus set a good example for children and teenagers. God expects you to obey your parents. He expects you to obey your parents. This is a wise way to live when you are young and the only time that you are you can disobey your parents is if they're asking you to sin or if they're asking you to harm yourself or harm someone else and even in those moments where we're choosing to say no i'm not going to do what you say we we need to do it in a way that honors and shows respect for them now a great thing that is going on in our church right now is that there's a lot of new parents and young parents and so just want to share with you as we as we talk through about how kids are called to submit to their parents just this this reminder that parent parenting is a transition of power andy crouch said this he said parenthood is the purest example of absolute power at least at first but parenthood is a gradual handing over of power From the day children begin to walk on their own, they're growing into their own capacity to make something of the world. Parents' power is not permanently absolute. With aging come the natural limits of the parents' ability to make something of the world. Parents, we won't always be fresh as a daisy. Just as their children are reaching the prime of their own natural power at some point many of us will be dependent this is so important on our children for the kind of care we gave them as infants i share that to say that we need to as parents be be handling the gift of power well because how we use that gift now will determine how our kids relate to us later if you abuse and use that abuse that power you will drive your child away and find yourself longing for their presence and their care in a moment where you may need it most submitting to authority is not easy but it is possible it's possible when we look to Jesus Christ who modeled submission for us as a child and then he modeled it for us as an adult, where he says uh, in the garden, as he looked to the cross, he says, uh, he says, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Submission always takes humility. And if we are going to submit to authority and do that well, and follow this example, we look, we look to the example of Jesus Christ who submitted Uh, to his father and to his earthly parents. Humility takes submission, and humility is always rewarded. James 4 says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. The way into the grace of God is to humble ourselves. 1 Peter 5 says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so at the proper time he may exalt you. When we choose humility, the favor of God will be upon us see the person who refuses to submit to authority they just want authority the person who refuses to submit to authority is not always thinking straight again when the authority is good authority it's being done well the person's the person who's over you isn't abusing their authority but the person who refuses to submit to authority He's not always thinking straight more authority means more responsibility. More authority means more accountability to who much is given much is expected it is not wrong I want to be clear on that to want to lead and to want to to be in authority It says those who desire the office of an overseer desire a noble task it's noble it's it's okay to want to lead, but we need to know what we are getting into and you need to allow it to come to you. Trust that if God is going to give you more authority, he will bring it in his perfect timing. On our journey, we follow the example set by our King. We can seek to know the Lord better, putting in the work. We will we will experience relational tension. When we, like Jesus, put God the Father first and we like him can submit to those who are in authority over us when we do this the journey will be joyful even when it's not easy joyful even when life is hard if you agree with me say amen amen let's pray Father we thank you for your word Lord God And God, that it uh, speaks at all times in every situation, Lord. I pray that we would have heard from you. And Father, I pray that we would come away from this message and live a life, Lord, of obedience, following the example set by our King, Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for your Son. Thank you for his humble example, his willingness to come and submit to His creation and rescue us and save us. Help us, we pray, to walk in obedience this week to Your Word and to love and serve one another and look out for each other. Please, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. For more resources or information about Hope Church, visit HopeTorontoNorth.com.